Hello, and welcome to the Movie Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll have a spoiler-filled discussion about a movie we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I'm joined by my sister Kay, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness film, 2022. And we've actually watched it in 2022. I thought that was good for us. I'll be honest, I had sort of mixed feelings on this. Definitely not my favorite MCU film. There were a couple of places where I thought it got a little gross, a little almost leaning towards a horror vein in some places. It had been build as almost not a sequel but as a continuation of sorts or being the repercussions of like the spider-man no way home film that's what i thought which it didn't deliver on in any way and i'll be honest i went through most of this film wondering when are we going to get to the doctor strange of the marvel universe marvel cinematic universe because we start with a different one he dies a doctor strange wakes up and i wasn't convinced that was the six ones or the it gets called the 616 universe later, but I wasn't convinced it was the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, I spent most of the film thinking, wait, isn't he supposed to like get put on trial for the consequences of what he did in Spider-Man No Way Home? Where's any of that? Well, and that was kind of what was happening with the Illuminati, sort of, but not quite, and actually not really. I did like the Illuminati. It was some nice cameos by various people, but... I guess I was bothered by the fact Scarlet Witch wasn't where we last saw her. Right. By this lakeside retreat, she seemed to be somewhere else completely. Though I thought we had seen, like, the book or whatever arrive to her. I thought we'd gotten some indication of that. I thought at the end of WandaVision, she had the book, had gone off to a mountain retreat, and was kind of studying and learning. Yeah. But where we left her didn't seem to be where she picked up here. Yeah. Since we started in a different part of the multiverse, I was almost expecting this second Doctor Strange to last for a little bit, get killed, and then we'd get to the thing. And that never happened. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't think they established certain things well, and it felt oddly disconnected from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, particularly given a number of the guest stars they had. But most of that was the Illuminati, and they weren't the real, I don't say the real versions of the characters, but they weren't from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. But they were supposed to be fun cameos, I think. Or fun, and like, they were. like Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell as Captain Carter, which was a character from the What If series. Maybe not that particular version, but a version of. Well, and I mean, that was... That character having a load of fun in a fight scene was a load of fun. Yes. I would love to have seen that character team up with Captain America. Yes. You know, the we can do this all day kind of line Mm -hmm. just comes out. Getting Black Bolt, ton of fun, full costume and everything. And getting Anson Mount, who was in the 10-episode Inhuman series. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm really enjoying him over in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Yes. So, great actor and such. Getting Patrick Stewart to reprise the role of Professor X for a couple of scenes. Ton of fun. Well used. Getting John Krasinski, I think it was, for Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. I'd heard rumor that 
that sort of thing might happen or whatnot. And I was trying to stay away from spoilers. But I think he did a, a fine job. But these were all characters from a given reality, what, 838 or something like that? Something like that. That is such that we're not, not going to be seeing those versions again. But maybe we'll see... I mean, we know we're going to get the X-Men at some point, the Fantastic Four at some point, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's all back under the, the, the same corporate umbrella now, so that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. And it seems silly not to do that. Yeah. But flipping out a different person for Captain Marvel, if there was something I should have noticed there as to who that was or why, it was lost on me. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, America Chavez, who we start the movie with, not a character I ever really was amazed with in the comics, to be honest. The, the flipping through the multiverses at one point, I mean, to me, it was kind of fun to go through the paint version and stuff like that. We were there for literally two seconds. Yeah. It, it was fun from a special effects point of view. It didn't last long enough to be any fun from a story point of view. Because at that point, they had done a rapid fire dozen multiver or, uh, universes, multiverses, whatever they'd bounced through. Yeah. So by the time it's, oh, wait, is that painted? Got, they're, they're, they're gone. They're in the next one after that. Yeah. And the one after that almost. So I felt that was, was interesting. It's something that I think in a slow motion thing, maybe there's more to see there than I could see as it went. I think there was loads more there than I saw. And that kind of disappoints me. I feel like I didn't have the opportunity to appreciate what all was there. Well, and I don't need them to dwell on it at length. No. But, but more than a blink of an eye. Exactly. Exactly. I really liked her home universe, but to me, it almost felt more Star Trek than, you know, alien world than somewhere on Earth. Yes. And it's that way in the comics. And I never really understood why her power had a star effect and all of that. She, she was one of the, uh, America Chavez is one of those characters that in my mind, reeked of a very explicit diversity angle. Mm. And I, I really do want them to increase representation, have more characters of different types, nationalities, religions, mindsets, etc. But when you create a character that seems to be there to check boxes mm -hmm. versus to tell stories that would just play out very differently because of these different backgrounds, this different viewpoint, this different mindset, that doesn't work as well for me. Yeah. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are huge fans of that character. I just never really felt it was an organic character out of... It, again, it felt like it was checking boxes. For me, what didn't work was mostly at the end, where it's not just, I'm glad I fell into your universe, but kind of a, and now I've settled in here to train, and you know maybe someday I'll go searching for the mother's that I've been searching for for like 10 years and not found. But, you know, that can wait now. But you were okay with, I can't control my powers. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, I can. I mean, she suddenly knew how to use her powers inexplicably. Not in inexplicably to me, because he did give her the, the pep talk of, you have to believe in yourself. You have to understand what you've been doing every time you were afraid. And his pointing out, every time you've opened a portal, you've taken us where we needed to go. And I, I agree with all of that, and that made sense. But to then instantly be able to do it on command... With the arm gestures. Yeah, even that, again, is from the comics and felt a bit much. So, I mean, to me, some of that is just, we ran out of time in the script. Oh, absolutely. 
there was a lot of, you know, we've got to accelerate things in a few places. And I didn't care for Scarlet Witch being used as the villain. Near die. And then they don't defeat her, she kind of surrenders. And Doctor Strange's attitude in a number of places, if this is the only, this is the way. Yes. Yeah, it's like, what is he, a Mandalorian? Yes. I got it in the first film when he was replaying time and stuff in Endgame and, and uh, Avenger War, where Infinity War before it, where again, he'd look through the timeline and stuff like that. Here, none of that. It's just, he knows. Well, don't pull her back just yet. Let's wait. Uh, now it's okay. You well, know? And they were playing that as he's very egotistical. Oh, uh, yeah. And they were playing it as he has the doctor's ego. Going in with the, you know, your scalpel has to be used, yada, yada. Yeah. Got to be your hand on the knife was the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I guess. So I guess to me that that was different than like you were saying of kind of the, I've researched all the options and I have found the way. Well, certainly at the beginning, that strange, if it's got to be this way, there's no other way. That was ego. Mm-hmm. And potentially a little bit of corruption. But there at the end, when it's, let's not pull Wanda back just yet, it's like, this could go south a number of ways, and you're okay with that? that again, is ego, I don't know. I don't see Doctor Strange as, I don't want to say the most empathetic character, but the character who has the best insight into how people will behave or react. I guess that was my problem, is it felt like he was acting as if he did. Yeah. And I guess part of my problem with this entire film is I never felt this Doctor Strange was the one we had seen in the first movie, the Avengers movies, and certainly not the one we'd just seen in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. It felt like a different version. His interaction with Wong felt a little different. Mm-hmm. It, and I don't know how much of that was in the writing, the filming, the rewriting, the, the reshooting, or what, because I do think this underwent a lot of revisions in the process. And it's not a bad film. It's got some fun moments. Yeah. It certainly felt like it had a lot of content. Yeah. But then there were a couple of places where, you know, I'm squeamish and and whatnot, where I felt like, okay, that's just gross. Yes, definitely. Definitely. the, The way the whole fight scene plays out with the Illuminati was, in some places, very cool. Other places, incredibly disgusting. Yes. Yeah. Well, and even going back to the very first fight. Yes. There was just, Yeah. So I agree with you wholeheartedly on that part. But, I mean, Sam Raimi, there were times in his Spider-Man trilogy mm-hmm. where Doc Ock in the operating room, that veered towards horror movie. Yeah. So I get it. I just don't like it. Well, for me, I mean, I enjoyed WandaVision. I enjoyed the nostalgia of it. Yes. The creativity of it. The fun. Yes. And I felt like Scarlet Witch slash Wanda came out at the end of that having learned a lot, having realized she made mistakes, yep, and having the potential to want to be better. Yet she instantly backslides here. Yeah, this was such a huge backslide. Well, and I guess that was the other thing, in addition to Doctor Strange feeling like it wasn't the quote-unquote real one from the movies, she didn't feel that way. Yeah. You know, I took it as her line of, I guess you're tired to talk to me about that, of, a similar event happened in their world, but things played out differently. And I don't know. Again, it never sold me that this was taking place in the MCU proper, but MCU adjacent, I guess. And it didn't feel like a good progression for her character from WandaVision 
certainly not as a, and maybe we don't see her again. You know, I almost would have been more comfortable with what happened with Wanda and Scarlet Witch if the Wanda that was being dreamwalked into was in our MCU. Oh, she'd been possessed by an eviler version. Almost. Yes. And that would have been enough to get her to even pull back more from the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if our Wanda was trying to walk the better path, trying to be better, and the Wanda who is on this mission to get what she wants doesn't have everything she needs, but knows in our universe, yep. if she can dreamwalk with the Wanda here, she can go learn what she needs to learn. Well, use that Wanda's raw power. Something, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, because then we could have still been putting our Wanda who we've invested in on the path of redemption because we would have given her another reason to be rebelling against. Well, she could have fought the good fight on the side of right. Yeah. Possibly made the ultimate sacrifice, maybe not grow, learn. and Yeah. There, for the grace of God, I go kind of storyline furthering a redemption arc. Yes. There's a number of ways they could have gone there. Yeah. And not where they went. No, I spent most of the movie disappointed in the Wanda from WandaVision. Yeah, and again, I think there was something about that setup of the opening scene with the, the, the other strange and such in the immediate aftermath of, you know, when we flip to that second universe, where again, I was expecting another. Yep, you've been along for the ride. We've explained what's really going on. Now let's go sick the real crew into it and see Mm -hmm. how they do. Yeah. And was disappointed we didn't get that. And I thought I'd read some articles where uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was talking about how much greater this was going to be than No Way Home and stuff like that. And I'm like, not even close. Mm -mm. No Way Home with Spider-Man not only was a a good end of a trilogy for for that Spider-Man, it was the good end of a trilogy of trilogies almost yeah. of Spider-Man and just pulled so much together that this, again, even pulling in a Captain Marvel and Black Bolt, Professor X, Reed Richards, uh, Mr. Fantastic, and uh, Captain Carter and such, you got the whole, and Illuminati, it's not the one from the comics, but close enough. Even with all of those, it still felt disconnected from the MCU, which just amazes me. What? It feels to me like they had so much they wanted to do that they would have been better off doing this as a limited series for streaming. This was two hours plus? Just over two hours. So if they had had four hours, five hours, six hours, something like that, if they could have given America the full arc to where she has room to be realizing. I need training if I'm going to find my mother's. If they had done this as a six-episode America Chavez series. Yes. And pulled in the Illuminati of, uh, she's unique amongst the universe or whatever. Oh, there's a Doctor Strange. That's a, a risk. or You know. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. I mean, you almost could have done her on the run doing stuff. Who's after her? Intercut with the Illuminati trying to figure out. Who really is the biggest multi-universal threat? Yes. And and kind of slowly taking people out or whatnot, and maybe it's not the ones we're familiar with or whatever, and that almost could have even tied into Loki. Yeah. But here, they're treating the multiverse as separate parallel universes, not a divergent 
part of the timeline, like the variants and stuff in Loki, which is also kind of how they addressed it in uh, the Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame. So I feel they were a little inconsistent on, is it a, a branching timeline? Is it a parallel universe multiverse? What is it? And again, decent movie, mm-hmm. but you know, and there's enough Marvel movies. I can't just say, here's the ranking of them off the top. There's just almost yeah. 30 of them now, I think. Not at the bottom, far from the top, though. Yeah, I would agree. And that disappoints me because I was really looking forward to this. But part of that was that I thought that Doctor Strange, who is a hero, even if he isn't my favorite of the heroes, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. was going to be held accountable for the egotistical way in which he helped save things in Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, and the potential breakdown of the multiverse that was set up there and such to not have been dealt here, dealt with here, did bother me. But again, two different production companies. Marvel Studios here, I think it was Sony for the Spider-Man stuff, so I get some of that. But it lacked the cohesiveness of the Marvel Universe I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. The end credit scenes, one was a teaser, which uh, maybe it's for the next Doctor Strange movie, maybe it's not, who knows. It could just be this is the next little adventure he's having. The one at the end ranks right up there with the Captain America school videos and stuff from, I guess it was the second Tom Holland Spider-Man, Far From Home, with the, wow, they had to do something, but this is what they chose to do? Really? I thought you were going to compare it to the one where they all went to have a bite to eat at some- uh... End of Avengers. Yeah. I didn't mind that. I didn't think it was great, but that was before they really- had the uh they've had some much much better end credit scenes than others and that one was just okay i mean this one i'm not gonna say it particularly fit with anything but it did match my sense of humor yeah well yeah so in it was it was tying off a bit from a character that was a gratuitous cameo and it's like yeah it's funny the the line it ends on okay i get it Mm -hmm. it was a cheap laugh and a dad joke Yes, yes. But it hit my funny bone. But, but we've seen some others where it's a, well, that gives me something to think about, or oh, that's what's next, or... Exactly, yeah. And there's an aspect of, I'm not sure in this phase, they're really understanding what made those end credit scenes in phase one work. I think some of it's that, possibly. I think a lot of it is they can't guarantee what's next or when it'll come out next. Because there's a lot of sliding schedules because of COVID pandemic and such. There's that too, but was it at the end of Black Widow? I was going to mention that one. The end scene there, I think, was a ramification of the fact that Black Widow was supposed to come out a year or two earlier and then came out after some other stuff. Or maybe, no, I'm thinking the one of maybe even Falcon and Winter Soldier. There was one or two end credit scenes where I think they had to do some stuff to kind of go with the fact that things were coming out of order from when they had produced and when they had originally planned. Well, the one at the end of Black Widow almost made it feel like the movie had really been about the sister. Yeah, the one where Elena is meeting with uh, Valentina. Yes. That's the one I was thinking of because it seemed to be setting up kind of sort of not quite Falcon and Winter Soldier. But again, when you thought Black Widow was going to be coming out two years earlier, before this was even planned, you've got to retool a few things to get that connection stuff in there. 
And I do think where they're at now with the MCU, because they've got a lot more going on, a lot of sliding timelines versus pre-pandemic, where it's, hey, we know in six months, this is coming out. That's the next piece. We're going to build to it this way. They could do some cool stuff. Yeah. You know, and here they had the possibility of ending on some notes where, okay, provided we were back in the, the real MCU, which again, I was never convinced of, but if we were, they could have teased the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, the Inhumans getting, you know, pulled in. I mean, if you had had, you know, Black Bolt encountering one of the Eternals or something. Mm -hmm. But again, the fact that nothing was really being referenced with the open loop on the Eternals and, you know, various other things we've got in play in the Marvel Universe, it's starting to feel a little frayed. And this, it's funny because I think the movies are echoing aspects of the comic genesis. The comics started out with, you know, a few different comics that were, were standalone-ish, little connections here and there, but then they started to really lean into the connections, got that really going, got a, a solid kind of braiding of the stories and intertwining to, to strengthen the whole thing. But then you get to where you've got so much you can't do that, and it starts to sprawl out again. Yeah. And I think, I don't say that that's a risk, I think that's a reality of shared universe storytelling, and not something to fault them on, but I don't think that this whole fourth phase of the MCU has really gelled the way certainly uh, earlier aspects have. Mm -hmm. But they're also operating in a very different environment with multiple TV shows coming out with movies, and again, sliding schedule and such. It's, it's hard to really pull all that together. Well, they're also having to really fight and combat spoilers. Yes. And in this age where information leaks, so easily and quickly. I mean, I'll see headlines that will say, you know, this movie, which feels like it should be tied into that movie, like Fire Went and Man, I forget which one, and then the movie right after it. The writers admitted that they didn't talk to each other about anything mm -hmm. because they were told not to because of the potential for spoilers leaking out. And then you see the two movies and you're like, yeah, there was like no acknowledgement of the other movie, no connections. It's like nobody who'd read both scripts yeah, yeah. went through and added even a line or two of dialogue to just I was reading them. a comic last night, I think. Yeah, last night as we record this, where it was clearly, clearly referencing another series, but also in a way that it was clear they didn't know some of what I thought were major factors or changes to some of the characters at the end. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're telling this is playing off of, of what happened in that series that just ended, but if, if, if what had happened there had happened there, this was physically impossible to have happen here. It just couldn't be. You yeah. know, it, it violates reality in narrative sense. One of the shows we watched on TV when it was being made and aired, Diagnosis Murder. Mm-hmm. Had, uh, I want to say the actress's name is Victoria Rowland. Yes. Who was also on Young and the Restless. Mm -hmm. So they did one episode where they went to Young and the Restless, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, what a coincidence, she could get some of her co-stars there. Yeah, she knew the people. They were easy to get. Yeah, to join the episode and stuff. So recently I saw a rerun of that episode on one of the cable channels. And on the one hand, Young and the Restless is still on the air. Mm-hmm. 
most of those characters are still on Young and the Restless. Oh, God, that's hilarious. But the characters are no longer married to who they were married yep. to 25 yep. years ago. Yep. Their status quo has radically changed. Exactly. So I'm watching this episode and I'm like, wow, this feels like so out of date when this person says, you know, they have a, they're in the background, a scene is being shot in universe for Young and the Restless. Well, I have that problem all the time with comics, particularly when I'm doing a back issue spotlight, and it's hard for me to remember what was the status quo of these characters at that point. Yeah. And it's challenging enough, again, like with Doctor Strange here, can we make it dovetail with what's going on in the TV shows, the latest Spider-Man movie, all that stuff? Because there's a lot of things in flight. Maybe one thing will get delayed, maybe the other won't, or whatever. But then, when you're trying to also piece it against, okay, if you were to, well, like the, the Captain Carter stuff, is this the one from What If or Not? Now we've got to kind of go back to when that was done, because that was probably done a year and a half, two years ago, depending, because animation takes a while and such. And fitting all that together and trying to get a cohesive narrative universe going and then here tossing in, well, yeah, but really we're dealing with a multiverse. So we've got three or four of those going on. Yeah. That doesn't simplify things at all. Mm -mm. So I, I do think there's a lot of narrative challenges to be had there. But I think part of what was the MCU's greatest strength for a while and what made Endgame such a great experience wasn't Endgame the film itself, although it was really good. It was made so much better by all the movies that preceded it, all that they built up, all of our attachment to those characters. Yeah. And then the payoff there is is magnified. Mm -hmm. And I felt the exact opposite happened here. If I felt we had all this kind of build up for this, of, oh, we're going to see what Doctor Strange is up to after this big fiasco and the Spider-Man stuff, after all this stuff. And oh, it doesn't really have anything to do with that. Oh, this this whole Wanda stuff didn't really, you know, play too much into the WandaVision. She's backslid and inexplicably so. It, mm -hmm. it, it made this film, which was not a bad film, but it made it lesser of an experience. Yeah. So uh, I'll admit, while it was enjoyable enough, I was disappointed. Yeah, me too. And then to end on a Doctor Strange will return. Okay. Do I really care? You know, you're going to have to sell. I mean, I'll go see the film. Don't get me wrong. But you've got to sell me on it to get excited. Yeah. So we'll see where they go. And again, not really teasing what's next in the MCU. Missed opportunity. Yeah, though that does go back to your sliding schedules and just how much the pandemic and the pandemic being so long. Yes. Has really messed with things like this. Movies that are one-offs in that respect have had it easier. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I'm sure if we were to sit down, we could figure out how many dangling plot lines, you know, what's going on with Loki, what's going on with the Eternals, what's going on with, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, there were one or two other characters that are, are mid-story, you know, sort of, mm -hmm. US agent and stuff, for example. There's a lot of dangling plot lines that uh, they're going to get to eventually, but am I going to remember where they left off when they get there? I mean, when we got to Christine in this movie... You were like, who is that? I'm like, well, that's that's the love interest. Her name is, see, it's not Jane Foster. What, what was her name? Yeah. Honestly, even after watching the whole film, I'm not sure I could tell you the last name of the character. I ought to be able to. Grant? No. No. They said it, oh, Park, no, not Parker. They said it once. They said it once. Wow, what a glowing, glowing uh, comment of that. And she was a, a major character in the film. Yeah. 
I recall it being said once. There was room for improvement. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Not a bad film. Didn't dislike it. Certainly didn't love it. Yeah, I agree. And I enjoyed the first film quite a bit more of Doctor Strange. So, Anything else? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.